0: Everyone, welcome back to episode two of the 12 Pods of Jake Miss. This is the second pod. Uh, two days ago, we had Chris Heine on and we talked about his upcoming bar and pizza crawl this weekend, which should be a lot of fun. And uh, this episode, we have a very special guest, one of the frequenters of the Jake Pod, Mr. Stephen Lorenzo. Mr. Stephen, how are we doing? Jagger, what's up, dude? Happy to be back. Yeah, Thank you. thanks for being back. It's been a couple months or so. I think it was, uh, like the dog days of summer baseball season last time you were on. Yeah, I think it was August, because I was just getting started. Um, I was just getting ready to start my podcast, which I, I had my first episode in, like, September. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that was the last time I was on. This is so festive of you. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm very excited. I don't know what came over me. I just wanted to do something different. When uh, my cousin came up with artwork for a little, like, twist for, like, Christmas season, I thought, I have to do something. I have to I have some fun with this. So i uh, very excited to do the 12 Pods and uh, was had your name circled immediately as like a, listen, one of my first guests that I have to have is Mr. Steven Lorenzo. Yeah, like I said, I'm excited to come back and thank you again for, uh, for hopping on my podcast. We had a good episode. I know, I really enjoyed that, and I, I love some of the episodes you've had recently. Uh, for those who didn't hear on uh, Don't Ask Me Why, Steven's podcast, recently he talked about Eli and Get Out, and we'll jump right into that, um, because when you said that you, I mean, you couldn't be more against the movie Get Out, I really enjoyed it, I thought it was good, I thought it, like, for a directorial debut, it was awesome, and, uh, I mean, what's what's your deal, dude? So, I watched that movie last, I guess it was last Friday, so it was a week ago, Mm-hmm.
1: By myself and just kind of like you know me i watch a ton of movies i'm a big movie guy anything that gets any sort of critical acclaim i tend to gravitate towards i want to see what people are talking about so i was long overdue to see this one it's like a hundred on rotten tomatoes which i'm starting to not trust that site so much after i see some of these things that are really hyped uh that are very highly rated and then other movies
0: that i love that are you know, 34 or something. Yeah, I don't don't really listen to the Rotten Tomato uh, um, ratings all that much. Uh, Some of my friends, like, live by them, and I'm like, look, dude, I really enjoy Starship Troopers, and that doesn't get much of a... (laughs) I mean, that's not going to get a Rotten Tomato score, so, I mean, like, uh, it's just one barrier, and and that's what some people like, but uh, for me... Listen, I understand it as, like, a a first gauge, you know what I mean? Oh, Mm -hmm. how is this movie? Let me see what they say. It's fine. It's a pretty big database for things like that,
1: but whatever. To, To the point, you know, it was a very critically acclaimed movie, Get Out. So I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And I start watching the movie, I realize extremely quickly that it's the exact same movie as The Skeleton Key, which is a, a movie that came out only oh. fifteen years ago. Okay. And so I saw everything coming because it's the exact same movie. So to your point about like great directorial debut, well, yeah,
0: he took the whole story from from another movie. Yeah. So that was part of it. Where I just I saw everything coming, so none of the twists or anything were
1: jaw dropping to me. It was it was. Like, I'd seen a carbon copy of a movie I'd already seen. And I just thought, like, all of the humor was really hollow. The, the TSA dude didn't make me laugh at all. I, it just, it, I just thought it was, in, a, you know, a new age version of The Skeleton Key, which I remember watching The Skeleton Key and thinking, wow, this is, like, a pretty original idea. It wasn't, like, a great movie, but the end of that movie was, like, a big twist, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that was pretty wild. Yeah, I imagine that's what a lot of people thought of Get Out, but because again, because I'd seen The Skeleton Key, it just
0: didn't hit me that hard. Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from with that, and and in that regards, I'm like I can't blame you. Um, here's the the big difference between you and I. I am like a director's like dream guest audience member. I go into a movie, I like I watch the trailer and get super hype. And then once I'm in the movie, I, like, forget everything. And I'm just like, oh, what's going to be behind the door? I'm, like, such a sucker the moment the movie starts. And, like, so many people are like, dude, really? And I'm like, oh, I didn't see it coming. Like, how do you not see these things coming? Like, they paint it for you. But I just, when I go into a movie, I turn my brain off. And it's like I'm watching a movie for the first time ever. So that's why, like, anytime I'm doing a movie review, I immediately review it and I give it a 10.0. Because I'm like, God, why, what a movie! And I'm like, this is great! And I go and I see it with Tom Scotto, who's like, two scenes in and he's like, mm, that guy's totally gonna be the guy. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. But Listen, part of me is jealous of you having, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guinea pig gene. Yeah, you know I mean? oh yeah, the why, guinea pig why, gene, why, yeah. Like, if, if, I wish I didn't look ahead for every, in my brain, I'm like, okay, who did it, and, and
1: just trying to figure everything out always i would much rather sit there you know, like game of thrones right Yeah. i would much rather like not have any theories and go into something cold and not be right about something i'd much i'd much rather be shocked than be completely right not to say i predict everything right all the time but you know i i i i'm, I'm batting i've pretty good batting average when it comes to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i wish i just was went in there completely cold and never
0: knew anything that was coming because that would make the movie experience that much more enjoyable. Yeah, the but. yeah, I, 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 I hear you. And I, I wish other people could enjoy it like I do. Uh, the one outlier is Game of Thrones for me, though, because I do spend way too much time theorizing and getting ready for it. And there's just way too much anticipation on my plate when I'm watching those episodes that I'm like, come on, just say it. Just say it. Just do it. So I'm like... So that's the one outlier, is Game of Thrones, because it's a weekly show, and I spend all off-season gearing up for it. It's not like a movie yeah. where I sit down in the movie theater, and just for two hours, I just, well, like, oh, wow, whatever. But right. it does you, take... You have a whole, you have a whole week exactly. to digest mm-hmm. everything you saw, and maybe you even watch it again. And I spend, that you missed, and so I spend so. way too much time on YouTube going over theory videos and stuff like right. that. Yeah, um, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I mean... And, but for movies, though, I, I mean, you're right. I am, like, a bit of a guinea pig. It does take a special breed of crap movie for me to not like it in theaters immediately. Like, so what, what's the last movie you saw in theaters that you hated? Um, I don't know if last movie it sticks out a lot, but there's one movie. It was called Skyline, and it was, like, a cross between, like, Independence Day and... Like, just a heaping pile of garbage. And, uh, actually, you know what? No, the last one was probably Independence Day 2. When I saw that in theaters, I was like, this is the biggest letdown ever. This was yeah. so horrible. And I am a really big Independence Day fan. Uh, Dude, there I. Was, there was absolutely no way that movie was going to be good. I know. There was just, there was never a chance that that movie was going to be good. That was such a cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and uh, I. I wanted it to be good. I knew it wouldn't, but I still went anyway and just like the moment it started I was like this is going to suck. There was no reason for them to hold on to so many characters. Like yeah. like the president from 20 years ago should not be a relevant character in this in this movie. Like yeah. like at all. He doesn't uh uh, uh I, I go again. I, I didn't see Independence Day too. I, well, I, good for you. You saved thirteen bucks. Like well, this is a guy that, that hate watches a lot of movies. Mm, like, I'll, yeah. I'll be, it'll be like one or two in the morning, and um, one in particular that I remember fairly recently, maybe within the last like year or two. Um, that god awful movie with J Lo, where she is like the high school teacher. And she, um, the, the high school student, like her, her son. Oh, daughter, oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. With him. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, um, The Boy Next Door. That's what it was okay, called. Okay, gotcha. Awful, yeah. Awful I, I remember sure. ads for it. I remember ads and being like, oh, we know where, where this is going. Even, like, the guinea pig knows how this one's going to end, so... No, listen, this one you didn't even know how it was going to end. It got mm. even worse. Interesting. It, it was it was there was some absolutely laughable
1: curves that this uh, movie took, but it was it was awful. But it was like, okay, you know, I've invested
0: an hour into this, I've got to see it to the finish line. Yeah. It's like it's like if you, you know, you start a season of television and you get like halfway through it, It's like, okay, well, I have to watch the end of the season, at least. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to just, you can't, there's a certain point, there's like a point of no return. It was like when Dexter, a show that I really, really liked for four seasons, and then took a total turn to awful. But by like the finale, I'm like, okay, well, I've just, I've invested like 70 hours of my life into the show. I guess I have to finish it. You yeah, know, you, you know to, what? I, to a certain point. I hate to admit, but right now I'm going through something with The Walking Dead where I'm like, I really do not like where it has gone the last two seasons, and I have watched every episode. I've rewatched it a ton. Uh, they've killed. Obviously, they kill off a ton of characters in that show, and I'm realizing I'm like, man, they just they they killed off good characters, and then the characters that are still alive, like got really bad like like kind of like what harvey dent says in the dark knight like you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a horrible tv character and that's kind of what's going on right now in the walking dead i really don't love it and i uh they're dragging it out and i'm i'm really disappointed it used to be one of my top five favorite shows ever and now it's like i can't wait for it to end it's i'm real bummed So, I'm not a Walking Dead guy. Mm -hmm. I got put up by uh, the Scottos and several others to the test where it was like, if if you can get through the
1: first two episodes and not love the show, like, that's your challenge. You'll love it. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I watched the whole first season. I was like, okay, it's like, not really for me. The Mm -hmm. zombies, the gargling, like, all that crap all the time. Like, not into it. But then, like, okay, I took, like, maybe a couple months more, and then I watched the second season. Still wasn't into it, and I haven't gone back. Because, like, the whole point of the show, and I can just extrapolate this because I can just tell based on what you said and what others have said about the show, is the gang goes to, like, a new place, they meet new people, can they be trusted, and then
0: they can't. And then they move on to a new location, and it's the same story all over again. See, so like, you see, yes, that that is the same story, and and it it is pretty accurate. Here's where I'll defend The Walking Dead because this is what literally everyone tells me. They're like, "Oh no, zombies are coming. We should run." Oh, here's housing. We should use it. Is it safe enough? Here are new people. Like I understand they repeat it, but in like this world, in this post-apocalyptic world filled with all these dead creatures. It's hard to really change up the scene like that without it being kind of noticeable. Now, I did appreciate where it went. I'm not going to like, you know, spoil anything for anyone out there. But like, you know, like post-governor seasons, which I don't, I know it means nothing to you. Um, I did like what they were doing for a while. And I thought they were really doing a good job developing these characters, giving them flaws, making them really flawed people. And like, I was appreciating that and then they kind of everyone just took a sharp right turn and everyone became safe and that was my biggest problem was it was the show where no one was safe and people would die and then it got safe i was like oh i know who's not going to die and i hated that because i was like no don't give me a safe show where i know my my six characters are going to live like what? give that's been that's been kind of the knock on Thrones in recent years. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, absolutely. People have said they've dragged out seasons, and they're they like they won't kill
1: off such and such character because they need them for like the last push. Yeah, which I don't necessarily agree with, but um, that's been one of the knocks on them that like you know a
0: major major character hasn't died. Well, one did, and then he didn't. Um, yeah, exactly. And 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 but, I'm with you a thousand percent there because. It was like the off season going in to, you know, the snowpocalypse, I guess, as you want to put it, um, was like, what is he dead? Is he alive? What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden he comes back and I'm like, we didn't deserve him back. They kind of just gave him back to the fans. And I felt like that was like, I don't know. And I know there are theories. I know they built it up to set it up there, but I'm like, I had my problems. I was like, why does Davos need him alive so badly? You know, well, the the closure, the closure in all of that will come at the end of the show, though. Sure, yeah, and sure, and that's yeah, why I'm not giving up on Game of Thrones. It's still my favorite yeah. show ever, and I'm like, look, I understand. I was a little bummed where they went in a couple places, and then I thought when the when they all went across the wall in the second to last episode, I thought, man, I felt like they were a little too safe there as well. But you know, I again, I'm not, I'm not here to criticize Thrones. You know, I, yeah, I, I love neither. things. Yeah, me neither. But, um, but, I, but I, I I think that there are parallels between that and Walking Dead recently
1: where, um, to your point, like people thought that they took a safe road where, you know, seasons one, two, three, and four of Thrones, nobody
0: was safe. I mean, they're killing off the main characters every season. Yep. hmm So... Pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally see where you're going with that. I guess this all started because I was just interested in whether or not you went to the movies to go see Get Out or Independence Day 2, the critically <laughs> acclaimed movies. And you chose Get Out and you didn't like it. And I could well, have I told you... That on my oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, 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 so yeah just, that's right. I actually watched that for free. Thankfully, I didn't. I didn't pay any money. I just wasted two hours of my life. I did go see um, the movie Three Billboards the other day, which was awesome. Oh, cool, that's, good. That's my guy.
1: Is Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. who's the writer director. He's. Um, I don't
0: know if you ever seen the movie In Bruges. Oh yeah, with Colin Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that guy is probably my favorite writer on earth right now. He's um, nice. mostly a mostly a playwright. But he, he does all dark comedies, and he's, like, out there. Really nuts. Yeah. And this, this movie uh, is definitely going to get some Oscar buzz. It's probably going to get a screenplay nomination. Francis McDormand might get nominated. It was really good. So Francis McDormand is one of those, like, on a short list of actors and actresses where every time they're in a movie, I'm like, i got to check this out. Because it's usually something I enjoy. And, uh, and that's definitely one that I'm going to check out as well. It's a true story, correct? No, not a no. true story. Cool. Uh, it, it's not a true story. It's it's from Martin McDonough's World of, you know, just craziness of, of very messed up. Mm-hmm. But he has a he has
1: an ability, and it's you know funny with the tie with uh, Francis McDormand, who's married to one of them. He has an ability like the Coen Brothers, where he can capture. Th- this one just happens to be in America, but I'll just use this as as a, an example, like right. an Americana part of the country like he just captures that aspect of
0: of a world that maybe not everybody's used to like Mm -hmm. you 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 really like appreciate missouri in this movie oh okay like the Cullen brothers like you really appreciated fargo right you know so it's 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 got that. It's got like all the dark humor. It's um it's Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, who's one of my favorite love Rockwell. Actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you would. I think you'd enjoy that one. Get back to me after you see that one. Cool. I'm excited. I definitely want to check this out now. Uh, thanks yeah. for giving me the heads up. Um, you got it. Okay, so so shifting away from movies for a bit because you know one of us always needs to take like a quick stand because we can talk for hours on a subject. Um, I want to talk very briefly about Eli because I talked a lot at him about him at length last episode. Now, as a fan of a team that is constantly 2 and 9 or worse at this point in the season, I understand the move at quarterback. Um I think giant fans and giant and and local radio and a lot of news outlets got a little carried away. Uh, I agree that they shouldn't have gone to Gino; that they should have gone to Davis Webb. But I, I feel like you know when you're two and nine, some decisions have to be made for guys to just move around a little bit. And I think people are taking it a little too far right now. What are your thoughts? at length to
1: pat leonard who writes for the new york daily news uh and covers the giants i talked to him at length on my podcast that i put out today and i got his perspective on it what he feels is the pulse of the team one of the things that i noticed in his video when he was filming eli and he was getting choked up the other day Mm -hmm. that i i was glad he called people out on was there's kind of just people laughing and like joking around in the locker room in the background of all that, which I just sound so tone deaf. It's, you know, Jason Pierre Paul and guys that have been around just not really appreciating the situation. Yeah. This is a guy that's the, you know, blood, sweat and tears of the franchise for the last over, you know, almost two decades. Right. And you're just kind of joking around that. That was, that rubbed me the wrong way. But to answer your question, yeah, I understand the move at quarterback. I think everybody understands the move at quarterback. Even the most ardent Giants fan would mm-hmm. be like, you know, Eli has been struggling. He hasn't been playing well. He's getting older. You know, you have to have some sort of foresight if you're a responsible organization. Yeah, what I have a what I have a problem with is Eli Manning is. Arguably, probably not even arguably the second best player in the franchise's history behind LT. Right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I
0: think we could probably agree on that. Yeah, I think it's pretty you know common for people to think he's passed Sims, he's passed any other offensive player, um, and just you know LT one, and then it's him too. Uh, top five player, I would probably say he's number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you can't you can't give Eli Manning.
1: You know, a, a press conference, you can't have him sit next to Mara and explain it. You know, Eli might not still like it, but you don't have to leave Eli in front of 15 reporters
0: with tears in his eyes, with guys joking around. In the in locker room, yeah. You could. You could have handled it so much better. You could have sent out a press
1: release... Explaining the whole situation, you could have had Reese up there. You could have had Mara up there. You know, we're sad to have this happen. The season's been a disaster, but we need to think about the future of the franchise. Eli's on board with it. We might even sign him next year. Like, there, there didn't have to be all of
0: this wondering and this PR nightmare that they had. I agree. Handled it so much better. And I, I made the point on
1: my podcast that it's pretty much the exact opposite of what the Yankees did with Jeter.
0: Right? Yeah. Because oh, a hundred percent. And slash Rivera. Yeah. Yeah, like so Jeter. Well, even more so with Jeter because Rivera was still pitching well. Okay. You know, okay. Like, good point. He was yeah. Still at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. Jeter was 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 a
1: big time liability in the field. He was not hitting well, and they still had him in a two hole. They did this ridiculous pomp and circumstance all over the season, which even I got sick of. You know, as yeah. a Yankee fan, I am. Mm-hmm. But they stuck with him, They and even in a season that they weren't going to make the playoffs, you know, he got his shining moment and got the walk-off hit against the Orioles, but even that was, like, over the top. This is the exact opposite with Eli, where, like, you can't... So another... another uh, I'm rambling a little bit, but another um, moment I had with Pat was he said, you know, to be fair to Geno Smith, they want... To give him a shot to see what he can do,
0: that's why they've had him on the roster the whole time. Yeah. So they they but I said Pat,
1: if you know they want to be fair to Geno Smith and give him a shot, they should be fair to Eli Manning and not treat him
0: like this. And mm-hmm. if those priorities are mixed up, then the Giants have a big problem. I think the bottom line is everyone's okay with the decision the delivery was was bad and that's something that's new and yeah yeah beyond bad it's it's awful but and that's something that was a little surprising to me because the giants are usually a like the way to run an organization uh i think that this shows a lot of problems in the leadership in both coaching and the front office and uh i mean hey we both know that there are very possible changes to be made this off season. Uh, so, look, I, and I, I don't want to harp on it that much, but uh, I did want your two cents, knowing that you did talk to Pat and then had him on. So, uh, for anyone that wants to hear that, check out Stevens' podcast, which you said released to, uh, this morning, Friday. So um, that'll be great. Uh, real, real quick, mm-hmm.
1: something I asked, something I asked Pat: Eli Manning, a Hall of Famer.
0: I mean, I've always been on the anti Eli Hall of Fame train uh, because I just see a lot of guys that aren't being let in on the first, second, or third bouts. and I'm like, you know, Eli Manning. He's you know, like not even that high up when it comes to quarterbacks. But two rings is two rings. He has more quarter. I think you were the one who tweeted. I was like, it's unbelievable that Eli Manning has more more rings than like 99% of quarterbacks to ever play the game. But he does. I tweeted that on
1: Thanksgiving when they lost to the Redskins, mm-hmm. which was you know obviously a week before all this madness, less than a week before all this madness. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm no Eli
0: apologist. I really am really mm-hmm. not. I, I think
1: that he has played the Giants out of games a lot of times. I think you know when you when you look at that, he's never won a playoff
0: game outside of those two miracle runs. it's right. crazy. Yeah, but but I think when you look at his career. And you take a step back and you say two rings against Tom Brady mm-hmm. and he's top 10. I think he's top seven in both touchdown passes and passing yards, which I don't care if the game has changed. Like you're still top seven. Right. Probably going to be more by the time he's done. I think
1: he's got to be in. I mean, he's definitely a borderline. I don't think he's a shoe in, but I think he's got to be in. And uh, like, again, I'm not an Eli apologist, but like, I, I don't think you could sneeze at
0: the career the guys had. He is like the definition of borderline. It's actually really funny. Uh, it, like from now on, I feel like he will be the barometer of like, well, Hall of Fame, and then everyone will be like, well, compare him to Eli because Eli is gonna be yeah. the guy that it's like. I think he ends up getting in. Um, I think if he has another ugly season like this, it will hurt him. But uh, yeah, sure. but but sure. but I do think I think he gets in. So but okay. Here's, here's the thing, right, real mm-hmm.
1: quick, and let me just add this: they have um,
0: Philip Rivers and him have almost identical stats. Yeah. Philip Philip Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. No. But Philip Rivers doesn't have two rings. Right. So you know that, that's the difference. I mean, they have almost identical stats. In a game so that's like a, in a game that's run by the rings, you you have to give them credit for it. Like yeah. you, you know. So so that's the bottom line. All right, so before I let you go, I want to run down a couple Christmas questions because tis the season, right? So um, what is the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Uh, So when I was in high
1: school, I got a, let me walk you through this story. So we open presents and then we do stockings. Okay. And and I got through my presents. Uh, My parents gave me a nice sizable check to buy a car. Wow. You know, lease a car or whatever. Wow. And I get to my stocking and there are, I get through everything and there are keys at the bottom of my stocking. So the check
0: was BS. They just threw me off the scent and I walked out of my driveway and there was a car with a bow on it. That is something. So that was something, but the aftermath is what's funny because I was so happy that I almost threw up because... I went like right to the bathroom yeah. and had my like face on the closed toilet, like ready to throw up because I was so like. Have you ever been so surprised you threw up? That's what I had. That was my Christmas. <laughs> Big Chuck must have really loved that moment there. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was kind of confusing. You know? Yeah, because everybody was so they, they they knew I was happy. But was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> they're like okay, all right, happy, calm, calm know, down, Stephen. <laughs> like my stomach is in knots. I just couldn't believe it. So, yeah, that qualifies as both the best and strangest. Reaction for a Christmas gift ever. What is your favorite Christmas song? Uh,
1: I mean, all I want for Christmas is you.
0: Gets them all going, right? Yeah, that's usually the lead-off. That's usually... I, I think... I think uh probably that and last christmas little george michael oh wow very nice choice i didn't think i'd hear anyone pick that one but yeah. that's a good one and uh it's on every christmas album it's always in there and he's one of the only few to sing that song and make it like a hit so i'll, yeah. I'll uh, and and hey i like george michael i mean george it, michael <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm i'm he delivers the guy delivers awesome. so all, well not anymore apparently. no yeah r.i.p yeah <laughs> um all right so uh is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. So I've always been on the Die Hard is a Christmas movie bandwagon. The big argument against it and my uncle Kevin pointed this out this summer and he goes, "Hey Jake, do you know what today is?" I'm like, "What is it, Uncle Kevin?" And we have gone back for years. Years going over if, if it's a christmas movie or not and he brought out the best argument this this past summer he goes jake do you know what today is and i go no what he goes this is the anniversary of the day Die Hard came out and he it shut me up pretty fast because i was like hard to say a christmas movie comes out in june july uh, yeah but you know what
1: that's i don't so when did Die Hard
0: come out uh, it, it, it was like June 18th or July 18th. It was one of the, it no, was no, I'm saying like what year? Oh, 1981? No, lo, lo, no oh, I'm sorry, 88 I think.
1: Okay, yeah, I was going mm-hmm. I was going to guess like 1990. So, I don't was the the holiday blast of movies at Thanksgiving time? Did that like exist in 1990?
0: Oh, that's a good point. Like what you know was what I mean? Like, I don't
1: know if that was not like I'm sure that the big christmas movies that are that are non-negotiable christmas movies came out around that time but i don't know if it was the same world where you
0: know if something has santa claus in it it does not get released until thanksgiving Statboy billy know? just said 1988 is die hard so yeah okay okay so my point is i don't know if it was the same
1: it was the same box office world so I, I where I while I understand where your uncle's coming from with, mm-hmm. with the summer blockbuster and like let's face it, it's not a
0: Christmas movie first, but it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm with you. It look it there's snow, they ha- play Christmas music, it's at a Christmas party and it's on Christmas Eve. Like yeah. that is most Christmas movies right there. So I, I like it's just you know, just because it's not about Christmas and it's about terrorism, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it, you know, it's I I am on Christmas movie, so I'm glad that you agree with me there. Yeah. All right, final question, and this is the big one. Uh, it's the question that everybody gets every December, from when they're a baby till they're 30 years old, or however old you are. Um, I don't know if you know this, but one of my biggest Fans of the podcast is mr santa claus himself he listens chris, chris yeah big chris kringle he listens and he wants to know what does steven lorenzo want for christmas this year cash cash straight cash homie, straight cash, homie. the randy moss treatment there's nothing in wrong the with signing, that in the box i don't care how it comes i don't even care what denomination it is just cash That's fine by me. That's all I needed to hear because that's all I want to. Steven, you are a wonderful guest. You are, as always. Everyone, please check out Don't Ask Me Why, uh, which is Steven's podcast. He had a great interview. And uh, Eli is the talk of the town right now. If you all want to talk about it, you got to check his out. So, Steven, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas.